Have you ever made a decision that you had come to regret? I think we've all been there. Maybe you took a bad job. Maybe you bought a lemon car. Any of those? Anyone had a tattoo fail? You know the guy, right, who wanted something profound written across his chest, but he ended up with no regrets? You know that one? It's easy for us to find ourselves second-guessing our decisions, especially when our choices don't turn out the way that we would have hoped. So what do you do? Just stop making decisions? Only make the decision when you have absolute 100% confidence that it will go the way that you want it to go? Is that even possible? Friends, Jesus gives us a better option. The Lord shows us the way of faith. And this is a way that calls for a decision to trust in someone else's decision. But if that someone else is the all-good, all-powerful, and all-wise God of the universe, where better to rest our hearts than in his hands. This morning, Luke draws our attention to three important realities in our passage. First is the word. Second, the soils. And third, the mystery of the kingdom. And these three realities will guide the message this morning because what we're looking at is a famous parable, often known as the parable of the sower, but it's filled out by the surrounding context uh, of what is happening around the giving of this parable. But the main point is this. Jesus calls you to heed his word with your whole heart. Jesus calls you and me to heed his word with our whole hearts. And so let's take a look at that first reality, the word. Jesus is here. He's gathered a large following. Um, He's going through towns and cities preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. What was this good news that Jesus was preaching? It's a message of forgiveness of sins, a message of healing for the broken and sight for the blind, a message of eternal life. This is pretty amazing stuff that Jesus is teaching the people. And he had the 12 apostles with him. There were a number of women who were taking care of the whole group. Plenty of people who were following Jesus came and went. Maybe some more, you know, more went than came. (laughs) And especially when Jesus started teaching the hard things. And John 6 records one time when, when Jesus was teaching some particularly difficult things about his body and blood. And it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So was Jesus just kind of making a good sales pitch but not following through? Was he giving the people the old bait and switch? I mean, all you need to do is believe in me and and you'll be saved from your sins, he says. Oh, and, and by the way, you'll be persecuted. You need to love your enemies. And oh yeah, take up your cross and follow me. Talk about a recipe for buyer's remorse. I like the part about, you know, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, but I'm not sure I really want to be following Jesus now that he says this. I mean, surely you don't expect me to do all that. I mean, show me someone, anyone, 
who actually can do this? People are looking around at each other. But then Jesus steps forward and he says, here I am. You see, Jesus didn't just bring the word to the people. He is the word. He himself, the word made flesh, God's message to humanity in human nature to show us what life is really all about. Jesus didn't, he doesn't call us to do anything that he himself wasn't already willing to do. And yet he did even more. Jesus suffered and died under the wrath of his father for our sin, for our disobedience. That's something we'll never need to do if indeed we are found in Christ. Jesus took up our cross. He died in our place and he rose again on the third day so that we could have the assurance of his love, his forgiveness, and the gift of eternal life. Yet to follow him in this life is not easy. We preach and we teach God's word, and though we are scattering the seed, not everyone who hears the good news will believe it. And so that brings us to our second reality, the soil. In the parable, if you're familiar, right, the seed falls on these four soils, and and Jesus explains. He explains that some of the seed falls on the path. The devil comes and takes it away. Some falls on the rocky ground so that when the time of testing comes, because there's no root, people fall away. And some falls among the thorns. Its fruitfulness is choked out by the the worries and pleasures of the world. They all hear the word, but you see there's a difference between hearing and heeding. There's a difference between hearing and heeding. Hearing can go in one ear and out the other. (laughs) Uh, But heeding calls for trust. It calls for action. I remember the nightly routine at my home growing up. Uh, My mom would make dinner, and then she'd call through the house, dinner's ready. Often I would be in my room or focusing on something else, and, you know, I heard her voice, but uh, rarely did I respond right away. Yeah, I was that guy. (laughs) So my mom would shout out again, right? Dinner's on the table. I heard my mom's voice. I knew that dinner was on the table, but I wasn't actively heeding her words. So I was focusing on my own thing. I was doing what I wanted to do. It was only when I finally sat down (laughs) at the table did my mom know that I, I had actually heard her. Because indeed, I eventually heeded her call. With Jesus, we're called to a life of trusting him with our whole heart. That's our feelings, our thoughts, our desires, and our will. What gets in your way when it comes to heeding the words of Jesus? Do you hear a sermon on Sunday and immediately forget what was said? Are you facing a difficulty in your life that makes you question whether or not it's worth it to follow Jesus? Do you have too many other interests or pursuits and 
You know, following Jesus just doesn't really fit into your busy schedule. If you can relate to any or all of these questions, then you're in good company. All right, we all struggle to heed the words of Christ with our whole hearts. And that's because our whole hearts are hardened by sin. Ever since our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell into sin, every human heart is like the trodden path from which the seeds are stolen. All of our hearts are like the rocky place where roots can't grow deep. By nature, our hearts are the thorny patch that chokes out any spiritual vitality. So what can possibly transform a heart like ours into the good soil that produces an abundant harvest? I'll give you a hint. It's not you. It's not me. It's not more Bible study or more good works. Only the Holy Spirit can change your heart, friend. Only God can do this. In Ezekiel 36, God says to his people, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. If you and I are going to be people who produce fruit for God's kingdom, we desperately need a heart transplant. The good soil in Jesus' parable is a picture of people who've received such a transplant, people whose hearts have been changed by the powerful work of God. The seed is the word that is planted there, and it's that seed that produces the fruit of a living living faith, a living faith. And what does that look like? Well, verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Living faith heeds the words of Christ with every thought, feeling, desire, and decision and shines that light around for everyone to see. See, a living faith means that the words of Jesus have taken root in our hearts. And we actually are changed by that. We begin to bear a family resemblance to Jesus. (laughs) I mean, isn't it amazing how Jesus says here that even his own earthly family like takes second place to the ones who are truly trusting in him. What he's showing is that the real family of God is made up of people whose faith moves them to hear what he says and to do it. A living faith heeds the words of Christ. But what about those whose hearts remain stony and hard? Has God's word failed with them? In Isaiah 55, the Lord says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout and giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish 
that which, purpo- which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And we hear Jesus say in verses 17 and 18, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. You see, friends, for some, the words of Christ stand in judgment over them. They hear, but they don't heed. And their hard hearts actually become hardened all the more. How is it with your heart today? Is your faith alive? I've had to wrestle with this passage this whole week, and it's forced me to ask some hard questions about my own spiritual condition. What kind of soil is my heart? Am I really heeding the words of Christ? Maybe you believe in Jesus, but you're wondering, am I really part of his family? You thought your soil was was good, but, but now it seems like the thorns are just choking all the life out of your faith. Or have you received the word with joy, but now you feel like you have no root? And if you're not sure what to believe about Jesus, will the seeds of his word be stolen from your heart? Where do we go with these hard questions? Whether you've professed faith in Jesus or not, we all need to go the same to the same place. Come. Come to the only one who has the power to change your heart. Come to Jesus. His perfect love, forgiveness, and mercy is for sinners like you and me, people who are powerless to change the soil of our hearts, people who think that we're better than we actually are, people who reject the words of Christ and and seek to go our own way. Remember, Jesus faced the reality of our sin and he overcame it to save those whose hearts were far from him. Believe in him, friends, who died and was raised to implant in you the sure hope of eternal life. Come to Jesus. He's calling you to the table. And so our third reality, the mystery of the kingdom. There is a day that's coming when everything will be brought to light. We won't be able to hide from the complete exposure we will experience before the gaze of God. The Lord will call us to account for all that we have thought and said and done in this life. How will it be with your soul on that day? Is it even possible to know? Yes, it is. And that is the beauty of grace. 
The beauty of God's grace is, is what Jesus says to his disciples. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for other they are, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And even though some will only hear with their ears, friends, when we hear with our hearts, we believe the good news of what Jesus has done, that he has saved us from ourselves. Because our place with God isn't determined by what we know, but by who we know. We're not promised eternal life with God because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done for us. No heart is too hard for Jesus to melt into the rich soil of his love. For those who are seeing but do not see and hearing but do not understand, is is there any hope? Yes. Jesus doesn't want the mystery of his kingdom to stay hidden. Let your light shine, brothers and sisters. We have this opportunity to share the reason for the hope that we have within us. But ultimately, it's not up to us. This is God's purpose and God's power who will bring the same good news to the people that he chooses. At the end of the day, salvation is God's work, not ours. And that is really good news. Because if you're in a season of experiencing just spiritual dryness and and life just doesn't seem to be producing any fruit for God, you can know that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus calls you. He calls every man, woman, and child to seek first his kingdom. Whose kingdom has captured your heart? It's easy to try to build a kingdom on the rocky, thorny dirt of this world, just hoping that it'll bring me life. But that kingdom's glory exists only to fade and wither away. Talk about buyer's remorse. But the kingdom of Christ will endure forever. And in his kingdom, there is fullness of life. This is the life that Jesus is calling you to. And in his kingdom family, we will never cease to have all that we need and more. And so if you're struggling to press forward into that kingdom, friend, keep struggling. Keep pressing. You are not alone. Jesus came into the world for sinners, not for people whose hearts were already pure. And so as we seek him and as we pray, He sends the Spirit to till the soil of our hearts and he plants himself there as a guarantee of our glorious hope and the hope of life everlasting. So are you here wondering if it's worth it to follow Jesus? Are the weeds choking out your faith? Is the heat intense? Friends, heed the gospel words of Jesus with your whole heart. And in the end, you'll look back on all the struggle and all the regrets, and they will be washed away by the flood of his unfailing love. Amen. Let's pray.
Lord, we, we need you to wash us. Apart from you, we can do nothing, O oh Lord, and we pray that you would indeed help us to hear and to so heed your word that we indeed would be fruitful for your kingdom by your power and not our own. Lord, teach us to be a people who our feelings and our thoughts and our desires and our will are given completely to you. And that when we fail, Lord, and we will, help us come to you yet again, knowing that you meet us with unfailing love. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.